0: Welcome to the pilot episode of Ballers Don't Lie. I'm your co-host, Ethan Sindelier. And I'm your other co-host, Sam Bennett. The live audience here is roaring,
1: Sam. Yes, they are. Uh, Ballers Don't Lie will be a podcast primarily focused on the three sports of basketball, baseball, and football. Primary emphasis will also be on the Minnesota sports teams.
0: You ready to get this thing started? Let's do it, Sam. Let's start out with some NFL talk. And first of all, we're going to start out with the Super Bowl. I'm
2: going to Disney World.
0: What were your thoughts on the game, Sam?
1: I thought overall it was a pretty good game. I mean, I want—I thought the Chiefs would win. I wanted the Chiefs to win, and they ended up winning. It was also exciting that they were able to uh, make a comeback late because you always just hope for a good game when it comes to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, um, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I originally thought that the Niners were going to win, but I wanted the Chiefs to win because I'm a honey badger kind of guy. My thoughts on the game were that everything kind of went the Niners way or the way they needed it to go for them to win for about three and a half quarters of the game. But um, then Mahomes does what Mahomes does and orchestrated another one of those comebacks like he's been doing all postseason. Uh, With that said, do you believe that the Niners choked or that the Chiefs ended up uh, just coming back from that deficit?
1: I think it was definitely more of a Chiefs comeback than a Niners choke. Like you mentioned, Mahomes has been doing this this postseason. This will be this is his third straight comeback of uh, double digit points in a playoff game, and I believe I thought watching the game, as long as the Chiefs didn't get down three scores, that they were going to have a good chance at coming back as long as there was still time left on that clock.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely think it is more of a uh, Chiefs comeback as well. Uh, the Niners definitely had a chance to shut the door on them. Um, that third and 15 play is definitely going to be in a lot of, uh, Niners fans heads for a long time coming with that, uh, stop there. You'd have to think as long as they don't gain uh, a lot of yards there that the chiefs are punting and all they got to do basically is gain one or two first downs for time-wise to be almost out of question.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: um, uh, with that said, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP uh, for the game, and this has been uh, debated now for a little bit between him and uh, Damian Williams. Who do you believe deserved uh, to win the MVP for that game, Sam?
1: Uh, I'm still giving it to Patrick Mahomes, so I think they got it right. I mean, Damian Williams did have a really good game with the 100 rushing yards and a pair of touchdowns. But overall, at least in my mind, Patrick Mahomes did so much for that team and does so much for that team. The comeback was a lot on Patrick Mahomes. And even though he struggled early, I just think the comeback itself was good enough to make Mahomes earn
0: it. Yeah, I think just the eye test kind of uh, warrants Mahomes winning it. Like you said, like if you watch the game, um, Mahomes is definitely was the reason the Chiefs were able to come back and just was the best player on the field for that Seven and a half ten minute stretch where the chiefs did end up making that comeback in that push um just looking at the numbers yeah you're definitely going to say williams and i know people who uh bet on williams beforehand uh to win mvp probably were miffed because i think going into the game at some point his odds were uh eight to one for the mvp but at least that I'm yeah, sure. yep so um, i'm sure i'm sure they're miffed about it but if you just watch the game mahomes and i mean he plays quarterback and uh, time and time again it ends up going to one of the team's quarterbacks so
1: yeah so i think they made the right choice
0: yep uh i'll agree there uh moving on we have vikings off season priority um where do you uh think the vikings should go with this off season and what do you think should be prioritized for the team moving forward here well as you
1: can see they made it they won one playoff game made it to the final eight division round and uh so obviously they're a good team but they're capped out and they're going to still need some improvements. And I think that improvement has to come from within and through the draft. So you're looking at some extensions and obviously draft picks to help the Vikings this off season. Uh, I know a couple of extension candidates would definitely be uh, either Kirk cousins or. maybe even.
0: You know, I'm not a big Kirk guy.
1: Well, I know you're not, but. To get some cap space freed, you uh, may have to restructure Kirk's deal and extend him an extra two, three, maybe even just one year. And also, you could potentially look at extending Dalvin Cook.
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as I um, like to rip on Kirk sometimes, he was able to silence me at least somewhat a little bit this year with the season that he had and even winning finally a big game this year against the Saints in the playoffs. Um, but like you said, the only way the Vikings with the current cap situation are going to be able to stay in this win win now mode is keeping uh cousins and kind of extending them to be able to restructure some other deals as well
1: yeah yeah
0: and i mean i i love Dalvin. uh he was finally able to stay healthy for the majority of the year this year and i mean he was electric um saw a lot of what he was promised to do once uh when we saw him play at florida state and now Finally, once again, seeing some more NFL success and being able to play a whole body of work this year.
1: Here comes uh, the first hot take of the show here, Ethan.
0: I'm ready for it, Sam. I don't think the
1: Vikings necessarily need to extend Delvin Cook. <laughs> Whoa. Explain. I, he has one more year on his deal, and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you're right, he doesn't show up to camp without an extension, but... I just The running back position is so volatile. You can find a guy just about anywhere. I'm not arguing with that Delvin Cook isn't one of the most electric running backs in the league. I'm just saying at a price point of one-fifth of what you'd have to extend Delvin at, I think you can find a running back that's comparable enough to him that it makes sense to spend money elsewhere.
0: So you'd be okay with Mike Boone leading the backfield, possibly?
1: I'd prefer Alexander Madison, but Mike <laughs> Boone as a number two. I mean that's not blasphemous to me. All
0: right. Um, I mean I'm I'm gonna err on the side of just signing Cook um, if possible. But like you said, with current cap situations, um, we got to find ways to spend money and do that the best way so that we're the, put together the best overall team.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate extending Cook. It's just I think there's better ways that this team can get better.
0: All right. Uh, with other ways to get better. What do you have for secondary solutions right now for the Vikings?
1: Well, with Trey Wayne's, Alexander, Mackenzie Alexander, and uh, Anthony Harris, all hitting the free agent market, you're losing a big group of your guys. The, the thing that I am not as scared about it as maybe some other people is, our secondary wasn't that good this year to begin with. So... I feel if you're able to re-sign Harris either on the franchise tag or to a long-term deal and find a potential good corner replacement in the draft or sign a bounce-back candidate for cheap, I've, I don't see how our secondary is going to be any worse than it was this year, even though it wasn't terrible.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely agree that uh, retaining Harris should be a priority for us um i think the best solution with that going forward is going to be to franchise tag him and i want to say that that number is probably around 12 million for safeties
1: i would say it's at least 12 million that's around there i'm not 100 percent sure though
0: um other solutions hopefully being able to bring back at least one or two of those guys that you mentioned uh from corners and then like you said targeting uh Secondary players in the draft, and we all know that Zimmer does love drafting corners, so yes, he
1: does. And uh, one interesting one would be Trevion Diggs, Stefan Diggs' his younger brother, he's from Alabama, he's a potential first or second round pick, so maybe him.
0: Well, that's just what we need another prima donna. On this <laughs> <team>. <laughs> um, what do you think the Vikings should do to, with the whole entire road situation, especially with how poor he played this year?
1: I mean such a big cap hit i don't want to get rid of him for nothing because he's i think he's still a playable corner not one that you want to see playing all the time but if he's playing like 50 percent of the snaps it's it is what it is uh that being said if you could get anything for him as far as like maybe a fourth or fifth round pick i'm not really sure i wouldn't be opposed to them trading him if that's available
0: yep um just positionally moving forward what what uh areas do you think the vikings need to address with this upcoming draft
1: well as we're already talking about uh defensive backs that's definitely another big one i would say specifically corner and potentially safety if harris is leaving uh and then on top of that as the vikings have needed for many years their offensive line is still not where it needs to be if we're going to focus on the play action and run game as much as we are
0: same story different year um um So, Sam, do you kind of want to talk about some uh, XFL stuff coming forward now? Uh, No, next. (laughs) All right. Moving on, then, we're going to be getting into an NBA segment coming up here. Starting off with the NBA segment here, Sam. What's wrong with the Timber Pups?
1: I don't know, man. They just dropped another one of the Kings last night, making it 12 in a row. (laughs) On top of that 12-game losing streak, it dates back to pre-Thanksgiving since the Timberwolves have actually since the Timberwolves have actually won a game with Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup.
0: He was all talking about being disrespected. And I mean, he feels like he was snubbed from the All-Star game too. But, I mean, he missed time this year. We don't win games whether he's in the lineup or not. I mean, I don't know how you c- categorize yourself as a star when you can't win a game. I mean,
1: I still think he's a star. It's just a matter of how big of a star. It is. I'm coming into the season, I thought he was going to be a top ten player in the NBA this year. And uh, right now, he's not there.
0: I, I do love Cap, but do you think he could be a number one player in a championship team, Sam?
1: As of his current game, No. Could he progress? I think he needs to be able to pass the ball and get people open shots other than himself better than he does. And obviously he needs to step it up on defense. The Timberwolves defense has been atrocious with him back in the lineup ever since he came back from injury.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think the other big thing for the Wolf struggle is that Wiggins is back to normal Wiggins, or I guess a little above normal Wiggins, what he's uh, been in the past. And at the same time, I mean, it's not absolutely terrible, but it's not max contract worthy.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: Wiggins is
1: Wiggins showed up at the beginning of the year, made you think he was gonna maybe even be an all star this year, and then Cat got hurt, his play declined. He's been a little bit better as of recent, but not back up to where he was at the very beginning
0: of the year. Yeah. Uh, with the trade deadline approaching, what do you think the Wolves should be doing here?
1: I think the Wolves. Honestly, Rosas has been – the Twins – or the Timberwolves GM has been preaching – You trust the process? I trust the process. Uh, Has been preaching getting star-level players. So I'm – unless we're going to go and get – I know the big name out there for the Timberwolves is D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Unless you're going to go out and get him, I just don't see adding as any sort of solution and subtraction – uh, Roko has a very team-friendly contract, but he's under contract for two and a half more years. So unless you're getting something that's going to blow the blow the roof off as far as a good trade goes, I don't I don't even see trading him as making much sense unless a star like Delo is
0: what's going to come back. Yeah, the rumor around the street right now is being a three-team deal where the T-Wolves would uh, probably be parting ways with both Wiggins and Roko as well as one of their own first-round picks um to be able to acquire D'Lo what are your thoughts on this uh rumor from Wojo honestly I mean it it makes
1: sense uh Timberwolves are gonna have to give up something if they're gonna want to get Rocco or get uh D'Angelo Russell and uh with Robert Covington's uh deal being very friendly and their first round pick probably going to be a top five pick uh that's a pretty good deal and then Wiggins would just be thrown into a uh, match salary. I mean he does have some value I feel but nothing more than like a late first round pick if it was if no money had to be involved
0: like I don't think he's any better than a late first round pick yeah that's fair um, league wide what do you uh see right now for other potential trades
1: uh, I've been hearing a lot of rumors on various people I mean, D Rose is one guy that could get traded. I've seen that he might go to the Lakers. Get
0: LeBron some of that help, baby.
2: LeBron James.
1: Yeah, I mean, they definitely could use it, I think. They need another primary ball handler for when
0: uh just when LeBron's off the floor. I mean, yeah. they're they're atrocious with them off the floor. It's I mean, it's remarkable um the efficiency ratings for the Lakers when he's off the floor for them. Even when Anthony Davis is on, it just hasn't been pretty. They just don't have a
1: playmaker that can create on offense for themselves and for others. Rondo can pass and stuff, but he's just not what he
0: used to be. Yeah, he's passed his prime. Uh,
1: Some other names that I've been hearing are a bunch of bigs. Uh, I've heard Andre
0: Drummond could potentially get traded, although that has cooled off recently. Yeah, he's a twenty twenty machine, and I know he would make definitely a lot of teams happy, but I've heard that the Pistons kind of want a fortune for him. Yeah, and same thing with
1: going after Drummond is you're going to need a lot of shooters around him because he's not leaving the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, your other four people are going to have to be able to shoot the ball if you want to be a championship team with Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big that I've heard more recently is uh, Clint Capella for the Rockets.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of going to be matching the Warriors uh, model right there. They're going to be a lot of uh, smaller and quicker small ball type lineup than if they – Go to a lineup without Capella.
1: Yeah, PJ Tucker would have to play a lot at the five for them. And I saw something saying how uh their main lineup would have all guys six six or under as far as height goes. And in the NBA where there's a lot of six ten, six eleven, seven footers, it's kind of crazy to think that they wouldn't have anyone as tall as that and yet still be able to win games.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I know Portland's a place that K Love definitely wanted to go, but with their current uh, situation in the standings, I don't really see them being big buyers. But do you think Caleb was possibly, uh, possibly being moved this uh, deadline?
1: Uh, from the sounds of it, his name has not been uh, brought up as recently as uh, Capella or Robert Covington or even Drummond. But, I mean, it's possible he gets traded. He's on such a big contract, though, that any team taking him on would have to send back a big amount of money. And I do think the Trailblazers is still an okay spot. They're Yeah, they're out of the playoffs right now, but Damian Lillard has been on fire recently. He's averaging almost 50 a game his last six games. I mean, I think they are, what, two or three games out of the standings right now. And uh, it would be a good place for Kevin Love, although I don't know who would be playing defense with Mello, K-Love, Damian Lillard, and
0: CJ McCollum all on the court at the same time. They could probably D it up better than the T-Wolves you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) all right um let's move on to some ncaa talk now um what do you think so far the season's kind of been a roller coaster for a lot of teams and honestly uh the team really experiencing the downhill part of the roller coaster right now is is butler
1: yeah the butler bulldogs they they uh their last six games have not been pretty Before that, they got all the way up into the rankings. Uh, I believe they got as high as either three or six or Mm -hmm. something, and they've lost four out of six recently. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. Some of those losses have also uh, not been to the greatest of teams, so it makes you wonder, are they going to be able to turn it around again in time for the playoffs? But that goes with a lot of teams this year, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, There's some big college uh, rivalries going on here. This week, I know, Uh, one of them being the Duke and UNC game coming up. I know that Duke's, uh, Duke, I don't feel like has achieved what they've wanted to this year, but they've still been um, definitely one of the top teams in the country. Uh, And then for UNC, uh, I know Roy Williams has definitely been um, disappointed with his team's performance. Uh, They've definitely underachieved for what is expected from uh, blue blood like them.
1: Yeah. Like, like I said earlier and like you're saying now, I mean, a lot of these teams that you typically see and are like, Oh, they're going to be a one seed. They're going to make the final four. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been that kind of year for them. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a really good tournament as far as uh, March madness goes. I mean, I think there will be a lot of madness in the tournament.
0: Yeah. Um, other big games this week uh, in the big East. So Seton hall takes on Villanova. Uh, In the SEC, LSU takes on Auburn That's an 18-11 and 11 matchup And then uh, sticking in state here uh, For tomorrow, I know The Gophers are taking on the Badgers at the barn What do you think about that game coming up? Should be a good
1: game You're looking at a couple of teams that are uh, Kind of doing what they typically do Wisconsin's in the tournament right now But not a guarantee Sitting around a 7-8 seed And you got the Gophers I would say probably right now, just on the outside looking in, they're going to need some wins here coming up against some teams that are decent, but not the top of the mm-hmm. teams in the big time.
0: I think definitely with this being a home one, and especially with Wisconsin coming off a, a win against Michigan state this weekend, uh, this could be one of the resume builder wins for the Gophers. Um, I think some of the storylines are of the game is going to be Aturo and the Rovers matchup. The two bigs are uh, the best players for both teams.
1: Both Minnesota, Brad.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of my most uh, frustrating things when watching Wisconsin, seeing a bunch of Minnesota guys uh, in the lineup for them between Rovers, Wall, and uh, even uh, Mr. Grayson Allen Jr. himself, Brad Davidson. He's going to be back from suspension after uh, being suspended for an incident in an Iowa game where he uh, uh, kind of sack-tapped a Iowa player coming around on a screen.
1: Yeah, that is uh, not exactly what you want to see from one of your team leaders over there at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's a good player, yep. tough player. Yeah. Uh, I think the Gophers got a pretty decent shot, though, having the game be at the barn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
0: just think they got a pretty good chance, and it would be a good resume builder, as you said. Yeah. Uh, definitely one to look forward to. Um, that's probably gonna wrap up our basketball talk and we'll be moving into MLB here.
1: Okay, okay that's enough. that's enough,. Even. I'm playing the Astro song. Oh, well, come on now. So starting with MLB, let's start off with the Astro scandal. You want to give your just general thoughts on it or I mean, it's Bush League. It, it really is. I mean, the fact that they've been doing, well, they started in 2017. That was their main year doing this, and but they you have to assume that they were doing it the next year and the year after in some form or another because why would you stop if you just won the World Series?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's still um, questions, especially with possible buzzers and stuff with Altuve uh, and other players, Bregman for one. Uh, then I was kind of interested in seeing some of the reports on which players benefited the most from it and. Sadly, one of our own, Uh, Margo, was the guy uh, who was the one who benefited the most from it. I know the Twins didn't sign him to a uh, massive deal, but do you feel like we kind of got duped uh, after signing him the year after this kind of started happening? I would say we definitely got duped in some ways. Uh, He he had a
1: decent season for us. And since we were paying him about 10 million, I would say he's slightly underperformed or just about performed, but you're always hoping your players outperform their contracts. So yeah, I would say in some ways we did get duped a little bit, but we paid him. We didn't pay him a massive enough deal to be banking on what happened that year to continue to happen or even improve upon that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, uh, I think it's interesting that uh, I've seen a couple of other players from other teams talk about it, and, uh, well, there's two sides of it. There's been a lot of pitchers, especially uh, like Mike Clevenger of the Indians and Trevor Bauer, now of the Reds but was of the Indians, uh, come out and talk about how bad this is for baseball and, like, how upset they are. and You think you could see maybe a few beanballs coming if they play. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed that something like this, I guess, would happen or would be, like, allowed to happen, especially with you just kind of feel like baseball um, just doesn't really, like, need this kind of a negative attention. Uh, I know they were always criticized uh, for, say, the steroid era, for them being one of the bigger ones and that kind of stuff, and then even the Black Sox, Black Sox scandal, um, I think that's that. This is right up there with that, for
1: sure. I mean, this. I feel like this has more of an impact on the game, purely from a, uh, purely from just a bigger impact than, uh, mm-hmm. like even steroids do. I mean, you're going to get stronger and be able to hit the ball further, but if you know what pitch is coming, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that can yeah. be big. Barrel it up, barrel it up. Mm-hmm. I think, in, and then in the second interesting thing that I've seen players talking about this is uh, how they feel like Mike fires the guy that. Actually broke the news that the Astros were cheating. He was an ex-Astro. He is now an Athletic. Uh, has said that they don't like how he broke clubhouse rules and went about but, talking about this stuff outside of the clubhouse. What do you, what do you think of that? I'll tell you what I think, but you start.
0: Yeah, I mean, just in general, I, I'm just kind of amazed that I mean management and uh, just the upper level people who involved who are involved in this. Um, just didn't think that it was going to get out in some way. There's no way that you're going to be able to retain your whole rosters um, especially um, for a long duration of time. People that were involved in the scandal, or especially knew about it were eventually going to go to other teams and once you go to other teams, you're not going to get or you're not going to want to be playing a game where you you're getting cheated in or you're getting duped in like that. So I definitely think that him being able to speak out uh, uh brave, but it's just it's right for the game.
1: I think so, too. I mean, I've seen I've seen people say, especially ex-players, be like down on him for sharing it. Like, why don't you share it when it's happening because you were benefiting from their hitting ability? Like, you, you he won a World Series ring because mm-hmm. of this whole scheme. And now he's coming out two years later. They're just saying something's not right about that. And while I can see the point of that, as far as fans go, and especially a fan of a team other than the Astros, I want my team – to have the best chance possible of beating other teams within the rules. So if the other team is, if the other team's doing something that my team isn't to benefit them, I just don't, I just don't think that should happen regardless of. Regardless.
0: Yeah. Um. With that said, do you see any uh, regression from the Astros? I know they still have a very talented roster. They have a veteran manager coming in, from, uh, in Dusty Baker from the Nationals. What do you, what do you expect from them now without being able to benefit from uh, this kind of Uh, technology and cheating.
1: Regression, I am not 100% sure how that'll look. No one obviously is. Uh, I would expect at least some regression from most of their players because if you know what pitches are coming, you're probably going to hit better. So if they don't know anymore, they should go down at least a little bit. I think what would be really interesting is now that the Angels are more improved by signing Anthony Rendon and the athletics are
0: they're right young, on their tails. Young and yep. good.
1: I think it would be cool or interesting to see the Astros say get second or third in their division, maybe miss the playoffs, and then everyone would be burying on them for this whole sign stealing thing. And they're not as good as they were. But I'm going to be honest; like they were good, regardless of the sign stealing thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying they win a World Series if they're not stealing signs, but
0: they were good. Yep. that's fair. Uh, moving on to our favorite team in the Minnesota Twins, uh, what do you think about their offseason? I'll open it up after you kind of give some thoughts.
1: Okay. Uh, their offseason was – it was kind of – full. it had some ups and downs, I'll I'll say that. I mean, at the beginning of the offseason, you're not losing any big-name guys, I didn't think, in Crone, uh, Scope, Odorizzi was hitting free agency, Pineda. You're missing some important pieces, but nothing that can't be replaced, especially with the cap space that we had. Well, actually, there is no cap space in baseball, but the self-imposed payroll that the Twins have.
0: Yeah, with the penny pincher (laughs) pull Well, you could have argued that at the
1: beginning of the year. But uh, anyways, as I was saying, uh, re-signing Odorizzi, I think, was good, and so was re-signing Pineda. But the big thought amongst fans was that we still needed another ace pitcher, either mm-hmm. to be right up there with Barrios or uh, or past him. And uh, around uh, the new year, they sign Rich Hill and Homer, Homer. Bailey. And mm-hmm. you look at that, and you're like, "Well, they're not they're they're not going to sign an impact pitcher because this this is what their moves are going to be." And you kind of get disappointed. And then mm-hmm. you look into it a little bit, and the signings themselves were okay, but just the fact that they didn't get if those were if those were signings along with uh say madison bumgardner or uh zach wheeler you're gonna be very happy as a fan but just by themselves without that you're kind of left a little disappointed
0: yeah for sure um like you said um i mean the twins windows open and a light breeze is kind of blowing through right now and uh, none of those moves that you mentioned were anything to make your eyes pop open, but they're all decent moves. Um, I thought re, uh, extending Snow for another three years was a big move uh, definitely, f- definitely. for them, especially for the value that we got out of it. And, I mean, I was okay with the Bailey and Hill signings, but um, especially if just one of those two uh, ends up being an, uh, an impactful arm in our rotation with being a number three or four kind of guy. Um, but like you said, we missed out on being able to, Get one of those top end guys that all fans were wanting going into the off season, but uh, signing Josh Donaldson towards the end of the off season here is really uh, kind of cracks that window open a little bit more, and quite frankly, it moves their off season from about a C C minus to what I think is probably a B plus. I
1: I like that. I definitely agree with that. Uh, the Josh Donaldson signing was a I thought it was very interesting because you know everyone thought we were going to go after pitchers to start the year the offseason here and uh while we were trying to go after pitchers it just nothing panned out whether that was they didn't want to play for us or we didn't offer them enough money one way or another and then you kept hearing the twins name with Donaldson and I constantly at least at the beginning I you always want to have hope that it's that it's real but then you like hear stories coming out that he's just using the twins as leverage to get the Braves to match and he just wants to go back to the Braves so You try not to get your hopes up too high, and then towards the end, of the right before he signed, they sound like the Braves are kind of dropping out, and you're like, well, that really just leaves the Twins to sign him, and uh, I thought it was great, and like you said, the offseason before the signing, I definitely agree, was probably below average, so you got to go D-plus, C-minus-ish, and then signing him, I I like your B-plus of a grade, because... Why we didn't accomplish the biggest need, which was an ace starting pitcher, getting an ace is hard, and the fact that we were able to get Josh Donaldson with the biggest free agent signing in (laughs) Twins history is, I mean, I think as close as you can
0: get to getting an ace. I would say, and like you said, getting an ace is hard, especially um, developing an ace is even harder, so that's why... Um, I'm optimistic, at least, that we make a move uh, before the trade deadline to get one of those kind of splashy arms, especially if uh, we see the success that we intend on doing So uh, to have. Yeah,
1: definitely agree with that. And uh, with spring training right up around the corner, what are some things that you're hoping to see, some position battles? What are you thinking about spring training here?
0: Um, Going into spring training, obviously my priority, um, especially as a big fan of his, is just seeing a healthy Byron, Byron Buxton um with the whole shoulder injury I just want to be able to see him out on the field and just looking um like the player that he was for a large majority of last year and with that said I mean obviously a priority has got to be able to keep him healthy for this year and especially because that's really the only knock on him but I definitely felt like not only that the twins lineup missed him once he was gone but just you everyone knows that he's just such a difference maker when he's in the outfield. Just defensively, we're just such a better team being able to have him catching everything. Nothing falls but raindrops.
1: Yeah, that really is true. I mean, rumor is Byron Buxton will be healthy here coming for spring training, and that'll be great to see him on the field again. And like you said, he just needs to stay healthy. A couple things that I'm looking forward to as far as uh, what I want to see would be a couple of younger players uh, bouncing back. And I'm not talking about necessarily guys that played for the Twins. I've got a couple of prospects in mind. Royce Lewis, the uh, Twins number 1 prospect, uh struggled a lot last year, looked better in the fall league, but I just think it's a big year for him to uh to show that he is the top prospect that a lot of people think he is cuz you can come to the MLB and have an impact without a great bat. But if you're only batting 240 or 230, he's fast uh and can play some good defense, but uh he would he need to be really fast and play some really good defense to have a big impact batting only 240.
0: We already have Buxton doing that for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh
1: another young guy that I'm hoping to see good things out of is Dar Gratterall. He uh last year came up, you know, as a September call mm-hmm. up, pitched out of the pen, looked pretty good. I mean, yeah, I
0: was it, happy with it.
1: It's hard not to look good when you're throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh big thing for him is I thought He grew up a starter, and they just put him into the reliever role because he was uh, just getting back from injury and thought he could help the Twins now. Well, they're putting him in a reliever role again this year. I wonder if he's ever going to get a chance to start. And uh, if he's not going to get a chance to start, I think he needs to be a dominant late-inning arm.
0: Yeah, um, like you said, I think that he needs to be able to be dominant, especially if he isn't in one of those starting roles. I think with how hard that he throws, it's going to be hard for uh, the Twins to justify moving him out of the pen because just stereotypically guys that are throwing that hard aren't able to throw as many innings. Um, But I think another thing that I'm excited to see this uh, spring training is just kind of who is going to emerge as that fourth or fifth starter uh, for the Twins. And um, who do you think right now should be the early favorites for those two spots?
1: Well, before, re- before last week, they just signed a guy named uh, Chachin uh, mm-hmm. to a minor league deal. And yep. he's had pretty good years in the past. Last year was a pretty dang rough one. That's why we were able to get him for on a minor league deal. But he's instantly inserted as a potential option, along with, I think, uh, Devin Smeltzer, Lewis Thorpe, and Randy dobnik And since we have two holes at the back end of the rotation, at least until Pineda comes back from his suspension and Rich Hill comes back mm-hmm. from his uh, arm surgery. Uh, I think it's important to just see who does good this spring training. Honestly, that's the best way to do it. I know that Lewis Thorpe was the biggest prospect name out of that group, but he also pitched the worst last year out of that group. Yeah. I I still like Thorpe. and uh, So I guess if I had to choose right now, I would say as long as Chachin looks decent, I would assume he'll get one of the spots. And then between Thorpe and Domnick, I would say whoever performs the best, unless Smeltzer's just going out there and mowing people down, which mm-hmm. I don't foresee. I'd I'd prefer Thorpe, but if Domnick has a good spring and Thorpe doesn't, I'm okay with Dobner.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say I I like those takes. I'm, right now I'd just put Domnick. I feel like they're kind of invested in believing him, especially after letting him uh, get the rock in that playoff game against the Yankees this year. Um, the other kind of just last thing that we want to see here or intend on seeing for spring training, uh, is just who's going to fill out these last couple roster spots for the twins for bench players. We still got, uh, Tortuga, who's a fan favorite. We got Jake cave who, uh, played well for a portion of the year. We have Lamont Wade, uh, also, um, just kind of who, who do you think is going to be filling out these last spots for the twins bench?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you've, if you look at how the roster is going to shake out this year, you're going to have four bench players, and uh, Marwin will be one.
0: Adrianza's got two. Adrianza mm-hmm.
1: and Alex Avila, the backup catcher. So you're really looking at the one last spot, and I think you look at, well, where do you think these other guys are going to play? is a definitely a middle infielder. Yep. Uh, Marwin can really play corner outfield or corner infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I would expect – As much as the fans may not like it, uh, Jake Cave coming up, and rather than Tortuga, because Tortuga's – while there is value in a a third-string catcher, just in case you want a pinch hit or Mm -hmm. something like that, or even he does have some versatility, even if he's not great at the other position, he's at least serviceable. Yep. I would expect – I would probably expect
0: Jake Cave. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Um, We did carry a third catcher for a portion of last year, and, um, I mean, I love – tortugan just like you said he's a fan favorite but um just positionally and for what the twins need it does make sense uh for cave to be the guy that they end up keeping on the roster yeah for sure um that's going to wrap up our baseball talk we're going to be moving into um a special segment featuring zach spandy here coming up soon all right we are joined now by sports betting enthusiast zach spandy thanks for coming on today zach
2: yeah thanks for having me boys
0: all right, so Zach is going to have a parlay special every single week here. What do you got right now for us, Zachary?
2: So we got uh, three three kind of parlays for the week. So we're going to start with Shout the main parlay. Take my money. <laughs> I'm ready for it. We're going we're gonna to start with uh, the main parlay. You know, Big East, I mean, not Big East, Big Ten. Crazy when people play at home. Mm-hmm. We got Michigan against Ohio State tonight, 6 o'clock Central Time. Take Michigan, minus three for the spread they cover. <laughs> Got it. Next, we're going to go to another Big Ten. Maryland, number nine against Rutgers. I mean, number nine for Maryland, and the spread's only seven and a half at home in the Big Ten. That's an easy, easy dub right there.
0: Rutgers has kind of been struggling, haven't they, Sam? Book it. Book it.
2: Next, we're going to go to Michigan State, number 16, versus Penn State, number 22. Just got a notification. Penn, Michigan State football head coach. Just resigned. I mean, they're going to be heated tonight. Mm -hmm. Take the minus eight and a half.
1: Bring it to the bank.
2: Next, we got a a nice one here. We got Arkansas versus number 11 Auburn at Arkansas. It's not March. It's still February. This game is going to play like it's in March. Arkansas is plus one. Projected to lose at home. They win outright. And lastly, we got the good old Big East. This is obviously my favorite pick. If I had millions of dollars, I would put it on this bet. DePaul versus Xavier at DePaul. Xavier sucks. Line for DePaul is minus one. Fuck that. Excuse my language. Take the alternative line. Take the minus minus six and a half.
1: Minus
0: six and a half?
2: Minus six and a half. Screw the minus one and a half. Take the minus six and a half. They're winning by at least seven tonight. All right.
0: All right. I like it, Zach.
2: That parlay is going to pay out 35 times, so put your mortgage on it. <laughs> All right. Shut up and take my money.
0: What else do you got, Zach? You said you had a couple other parlays possibly?
2: Uh, we got the Butler parlay for tomorrow night against Nova. So Lines the aren't on yet. I don't care. Yep. You take Butler spread. I don't care if it's minus 12. I don't care if it's plus 7. You take the Butler spread, and you take the under. Butler top six defense in NCAA. Division one college basketball, Dang. giving up less than sixty points a game. Take the under.
0: That's class. Parlay
2: it with the Butler spread. They cover.
0: You got it. You honestly got, without the lines, you don't know that payout, right?
2: No, don't know and I think it's usually it's probably about 2.6 probably around there. All right. And then our last parlay, a future parlay. We all know about Kobe dying. Mm-hmm. L.A., California in general. Going to be turned up for the championships. Take the Lakers
1: uh-huh. plus two fifty.
2: Close. Take the Lakers plus two fifty. Parlay that with the Dodgers plus six hundred and the XFL Los Angeles Wildcats plus seven hundred. Parlay all that together. Oh, Take the one ninety five x. If you're mm-hmm. feeling a little ballsy, add SDSU to win March Madness. Get that return three thousand seven hundred x. Even if you put a dollar on it. That's money, baby. That's money. Take it, the <laughs> Take it the You're making at least $3 if you put a penny on that, baby. I like that. I like, I like that. that.
0: All right. We we like all those, Zach. Um, Thanks again for coming on. We look forward to having you on next week. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Zach.
2: Yeah, see you, boys.
1: All right. That just about concludes our first episode of the ballers don't lie podcast you got any final
0: thoughts for us um no i'm i'm happy with the work i mean zach's got us uh some big bets here coming for all of our listeners uh, we hope you enjoyed the show um make sure to drop a like some comments and thank you see you next week yes sir